Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You have to keep a tight leash on people. It's a trust, but verify business. And it's also a numbers business. So I think that my biggest advice that I can give somebody, especially if they've already started, if they haven't started, then my advice is start. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714. I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe that's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe they're going to give you a free 30 minute goal strategy session they'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe again if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Nick Armstrong, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. And you? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Nick. He is the owner of Armstrong Investment Groups at 23 years old. And within his first 18 months, he has done over 1 million bucks in transactions. 
He has recently secured three private investors over the last couple months. We'll talk to him about why he's doing that. And he runs a video blog. And this interview is actually going to be on YouTube as well on his video blog as well as mine. So with that being said, Nick, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. I'm 23 years old. I got married when I was 18. Married my high school sweetheart. We have three kids. Fourth on the way due in October. Congrats. Thank you. Appreciate it. I started in real estate probably less than a year and a half ago, about 18 months ago. I actually got started through Bigger Pockets, that forum on there, just started networking. And it really came down to me searching for opportunity. I knew nothing about real estate. I got started through a book. Um, Which one? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That one got me kind of started, which led to 50 other books, which ultimately have gotten me here today. But my first step really started from networking. The biggest thing I was scraping for any kind of opportunity. My first deal, I technically wasn't my first deal, but I tried to buy a duplex. We were going to house hack in and then put the other side out. And we got this close to closing on it. And I was getting an FHA. FHA was going to basically do the loan. And where I was only going to have to put 3.5% down and they wouldn't fund it. Why? They said that they would not fund an investment property. The way that it was structured, it was a USDA. My down payment was going to be piggybacked onto another loan because I was broke. And I was 20 at the time. You're working full-time at a fast food restaurant. Which one? Chick-fil-A. Okay. So I'm actually still there part-time until July. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got started. I'm scraping every day, looking for any kind of opportunity that I can find, and I've found one. $1 million worth of transactions. What does that entail? Basically, what I do is I flip houses, and I don't mean wholesale. I fix, flip, renovate, and then resell. So the way that I got started was a joint venture partner reached out to me. He's an out-of-state partner. Basically, every day what I was doing, Joe, was I don't like the idea of asking for money. I just like to opportunities out there and say, Hey, would you like to get a piece of this opportunity? Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened. I said, Hey, I'm in Birmingham. I got this deal. And somebody reached out. He was a JV partner and it was kind of a dream come true for me, but his terms were, we fund the acquisition plus the rehab, 100% of everything. And then we split 50, 50 at the end of it. So that to me was a dream come true because I've always been somewhat of an entrepreneur. I've just never had the funds to do anything. And that's why I was going to try to start wholesaling, but I didn't. Where did you post? Was it the Bigger Pockets forum? It was. Okay. In like the marketplace area or? It was. Basically, what I was doing was I was driving for dollars, looking for houses in Birmingham that had for sale signs. And I was trying to get in touch with the owners. A lot of the people were actually wholesalers. I didn't know this, but there were also people that were willing to sell or finance their properties. So what I was doing was I was calling these owners and I was saying, hey, would you be willing to sell or finance this property? And they said, yes. I would say, okay, well, I would go on bigger pockets. I'll take pictures of it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, hey, here's this opportunity. Who wants to get on board with it? And like I said, essentially, that's how I got noticed on there. It was from doing stuff like that. So you're initially looking for seller financing properties to basically help the individuals who are selling their house, sell their house through seller financing. And you were trying to wholesale the deal, right? Yes. Basically, anything and everything that I could try, I was just taking action. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it obviously led me to the right place. And I'm still working with these partners and I've secured two others, but we actually just closed on the house yesterday. And then we bought a house yesterday and then we sold a house last week. So things are moving pretty well, hopefully for this year. Let's go back to that first one the joint venture partner reached out to you after you posted about the deal and 
they said the terms are we'll finance 100% of everything, split 50-50 at the end of it. What were the numbers on the deal? This one was a foreclosure. It was a Fannie Mae. We bought it at 67. We put about 27 into it and we sold it for 134.9. And we bought two more after that. So I'm at five with them right now. So five purchase with them right now. Over what period of time was that first one? A lot longer than I thought it was going to take. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing it with a flat fee. We didn't use a realtor to list the property. We were using a flat fee company. So in my area, it took a little bit longer because we were pricing it kind of at the top of the range for that area. I learned that as I went, but it took me less than 35 days to rehab the property, but then it sat for five months. So those holding costs, they'll kill you if you're not careful. I learned a lot on that one, but that's kind of how the numbers broke down with that. And roughly you and the joint venture partner each came away with about 20000 Less than that. The holding costs, depending on what market, especially if it's an HOA area, certain things like that, that'll hurt your bottom line for sure. What ended up being the profit to each of you? Roughly. We made about 23 off of it. Total? Yes. That's how we we broke it up off that. Mm -hmm. We purchased it for 67. We sold it on 35. For my first deal, it was probably the best that it could be because I've heard a lot of nightmares going into the first deal. I didn't sleep a lot at night. (laughs) (laughs) I went out of town and I came back and I was like, oh gosh, the basement wall is going to cave in or something like that. Like I just kind of got freaked out, but it worked out. How did the joint venture partner know that there was an alignment of interests other than the 50-50% split? Actually, I drove down. So I'm in Birmingham, and they were in Florida. So they told me that they didn't do any business with anybody, that they didn't meet in person. So me and my wife drove down there kind of on a leap of faith because you hear all kinds of stuff. I mean, you oh, hear yeah, yeah. all you, kinds of stuff like that. You probably brought a hunting knife with you, right? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> that's kind of one of the things I want to get this far as a point across with this is your opportunities are created. You don't stumble upon them. So anyways, we drove down there. They met me, shook my hand. And it was like this two-day conference. And I learned a whole lot. They knew what they were doing. I was pumped up. Was it an actual conference or it was like a, experiencing a conference? It was, I say conference. It was like a get together with like 12 okay. people. Oh. It was very, very secluded. There's not very many people in this group for obvious reasons. What are the obvious reasons? How many places do you know that fund 100% of the rehab plus the acquisition? And I understand you want it to be more tight knit, especially whenever you're talking about that amount of money. Some people are, they're purchasing 30 houses at a time. And so I would probably want to keep it pretty tight knit too. So I went down there, shook everybody's hand. I met them. They had actually done two or three deals in Florida with these people. I met up with them and I asked them how their experience was. I studied up on the company a lot before I got my feet well with anything. And then once I was assured that this was a real deal, it was still a leap of faith. I'm not going to lie. Like people laughed at me. My friends laughed at me. I lost friends. Family laughed at me. They were like, you're an idiot. These people are scamming you. And now these same people are coming back and asking me for jobs or money. So it's kind of funny. Yep. But took a leap of faith, went down and it's rewarding. Just from an alignment of interest standpoint, you didn't have any of your own money in it. Did they make you sign anything? Because I'm putting myself in their shoes. Certainly the 50-50 split on the upside sounds really appealing, but I'm sending you $94,000 total and you don't have any money in it. So did you have to do anything to put their mind at ease? Or sign anything? Yeah, there's a joint venture contract that you sign, which basically says that everything is theirs. So if I tuck tail and run, everything's theirs. They've got all that equity in that property. 
And essentially that was just kind of the deal. Okay. Everything, it was per property. So it wasn't like for six months I'm under contract with these people. It was every property was a different contract. All right. One question that I'm going to start asking guests, and you just helped me with this, is in addition to your purchase and your renovation costs, what were your holding costs and are you including that? Because on the surface, it's $41,000 profit, but then when you said it took five months and the holding costs, it knocked down to $23,000 profit and that's huge. Was it the HOA fee that was the main thing? Because that's what, $17,000, $18,000? Yeah. You got to figure the insurance. Basically, what we figured into the holding costs were 1.5%. And so we still had to pay to list the property. We had to pay concessions. Concessions are a huge thing down here. Everybody wants to buy a house with zero money. Like they don't want to put any money down. This house is beautiful. It was completely remodeled, but they wanted the roof checked out, the HVAC checked out. They wanted everything fixed. I had to build a four-inch stair at the back of the house. Just crazy stuff. And all that stuff adds up. It just kind of compounds every month. And you're cutting the grass. I live in Alabama, so humidity is crazy. Grass is always up six inches every week. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. That's something that... I will start asking moving forward with all fix and flippers. So I'm glad that you told me about that and we talked about it. Okay. So that was the first deal. Mm -hmm. You made money. Congratulations. Made money on the first deal. You got into it with no money of your own. You went down to Florida with your wife, with your hunting knife and made sure that things were on the up and up and you didn't get kidnapped. You got funded. So great. Yep. How many deals have you done to make up that million dollars worth of transactions within the first 18 months? We're at five with them. We've renovated three. We've sold three so far. So bought, sold, bought, sold, bought, sold. We got an offer on one of our properties yesterday. We bought that one at 59. We put 27 into it and they offered us 120, but I'll be countering back because it's listed at 125, I think right now. And one that we just purchased yesterday, we purchased at 60, we'll probably put 30 into it and it'll sell for 135 easy. Just so I'm tallying up correctly, you've done five total deals? With my out-of-state people. With your out-of-state people. And what I'm tracking towards is that million dollar in transactions in the first 18 months. So five total with your out-of-state people. And then how many without the out-of-state people? Without the out-of-state people, we closed one yesterday. So I've got, like I said, I just secured these two in-state, these two local people. So the funnel is filling with buying more. But as far as transactions, buying and selling, side is the tally that I'm keeping up with. That makes sense. That makes sense? Oh, so you're double dipping. I won't say double dipping, but yeah, that's how much money I've made. Oh, it, that makes sense. Got it. So for example, each property towards that million dollar mark that I mentioned earlier, each property is counted twice. Yes. I would say probably a little bit more because if the first property that I'm talking about, we bought for 67 and then we put 30 into it. So I'm counting every dollar that I've managed, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. uh, I'm not, um, you know, give me a couple of years and that'll be in net worth or whatever, but. Yeah, that's fine. I was just trying to track how you got to the million dollar in total transactions within 18 months. And I get it now. It's including the purchase and then the sale. All right. Got it done. Five total deals that you've seen through from start to finish, correct? Yes. What was the most challenging one other than the first one? The second one. The first one, I figured that I knew everything. 
and I would use the same people and they would take care of me as far as my contractors and stuff. And I knew I hired one guy that I knew he was actually a mutual friend and I trusted them. And then I got burned. How so? I paid them weekly. Don't do that ever. Paid them by the job. It took four weeks longer than it was supposed to. And I'm a very compassionate, laid back guy. And the fact that I knew this person added on, it was just stressful for me. So I got burned. We'll just put it that way. I trusted somebody I shouldn't have trusted. And it was my fault. Same thing happened to me when I was living in New York City and I bought my fourth house. The first three did not need renovations. The fourth one, I got a little cocky. Even though I was living in New York, I bought in Texas and the first three were in Texas. That was fine. But the fourth was in Texas, needed work. I hired a family friend's family member who I knew really, really well, grew up with. And they took me behind the woodshed and just beat me with delays of the project and went like $15,000 over budget. I had no clue what I was doing. And you learn the same thing. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. You have to have an alignment of interest and structure it properly. So instead of paying weekly like you did, now how do you pay contractors? Basically, it's obviously per job, per item. We'll have a spreadsheet now to where if if we're changing out per door, like this is how much I pay per door. If it's not Joe, it's going to be Bob. Bob, if you don't want this job, then I'll pay Joe per door. What do you mean per door? A pre-hung door. Let's say I'm going to pay you $50 to hang a pre-hung door, regardless if that's Joe or Billy. It really just depends on who wants the job. I tally it all up and I'm saying, hey, this is how much this job pays. Who wants it? And most of the time, it's the same people that ask for it because they're the people that are hungry and they're willing to work. And you got to deal with stuff. Contractors are probably the hardest part of this whole business, yes. um, especially if they start trying to get buddy-buddy with you and stuff like that. And you start getting emotions attached to it. You can't. You have to break that off. So you have identified what each task will cost and what you're willing to pay for it. And you go to the contractors and you say, here's what needs to be done. Here's how much I'll pay you per task. And do you want this? Yes. Okay. Do you also pay them up front? No, not unless. So the way that my out-of-state people work, and I've learned this through experience too, is the only people that I will pay up front is flooring people people that are installing carpet and stuff like that, just because that kind of makes sense. And it's only like 60 bucks up front, especially if you're buying it at Home Depot or Lowe's or what have you. That's the only money up front. We'll put everything else, materials, everything we paid for separately. Mm -hmm. So we actually paid for Home Depot has a cool thing where you set it up. They have a text to confirm. You scan everything and then it sends to the office's uh, cell phone number and they click confirm payment. So it's all simple. Contractors, they'll upcharge everything that they can. You said you've got three private investors. Are those three in addition to the Florida people? No, no. Two are local. One is out of state. And I haven't even done any deals with my second local person because my cards are right right now. I just want to make sure that I play everything correctly. And as of right now, it's working. Where I plan on my business going is just to have a big group of people and funds to work with and to borrow money from each other and that type thing. I mean, this is years down the road, but I've secured two so far in the past 18 months. So hopefully I'm on the right track. We'll we'll see. How's the conversation go when you talk to private investors about investing in your deals? Basically, I show them what I have done and I explain to them the structure that I've used with my out-of-state partners. If you have money sitting in a bank that's not doing anything, who wouldn't want to earn extra money on the side. Does that make sense? So these people, I'm basically selling a product and that product is money. 
who wouldn't want to be making 12 to 20% return on their money that's just sitting in the bank right now. So when I go through these spreadsheets that we use for all these houses and closing costs that we talked about earlier, they know that I understand what I'm talking about and how expensive all this stuff is. And even if the market dips 10%, 12% overnight, because we're going to net 30% at the end of it, we're still going to come out clean even if the market does dip overnight. So that's kind of how I have everything well organized. Everybody likes organization, especially people that have money. They want somebody coming in there that's giving them a clean presentation of what they have to offer. So I just, like I said, I go back with what I've done in the past and most of the time they're good with it. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Other than don't trust anybody ever. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not, Not that, but you really do. You have to keep a tight leash on people. It's a trust, but verify business. And it's also a numbers business. So I think that my biggest advice that I can give somebody, especially if they've already started, if they haven't started, then my advice is start, start somewhere. I started by talking to homeowners in Birmingham that were just trying to sell their house and I was putting it on bigger pockets. Just start somewhere, but don't ever trust anybody just because they're a professional, whether it's a real estate agent, whether it's a contractor, really, really get three or four or five or 10 bids per property for anything, whether it's plumbing or even just trying to sell a house On my first deal, a contractor tried to sue me because I didn't pay him for an estimate, a free estimate. I didn't pay for it. And so he went to his buddy that was a lawyer and wrote up this mean letter and sent it to me and was like, I'm going to sue you for $5,000. What happened with that? Nothing. Nothing happened. He was just trying to scare me. Did you act on it? No. You didn't respond in any way and it just went away? This is how I responded. I do a lot of deal letter campaigns. And so I was doing pre-foreclosures in the area. And a property that he owned was actually foreclosing. And so I sent him a yellow letter saying that I would like to buy his property. <laughs> and I never heard anything back from him. So I'm sure that was probably enough for him. <laughs> but I never heard anything from that. Me and him both knew that he was just trying to get money. That's just kind of how that worked. But it scared me to death for a first little while. But then I was like, there's nothing that he can sue me from. It's kind of crazy. But that's my advice, especially if you're already in this and you're newer. Don't trust anybody just because they're a professional or because they've done it. Really verify yourself and never assume anything. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com. Best ever book you've read? The Success Curve by Jeff Olson. Best ever deal you've done? Probably the one that we just purchased yesterday. Purchased it for 60. We'll put probably 25 into it and it'll pull 130. 
Oh, that's um, the one you mentioned earlier. Are you including holding costs there? I am. This is a different area, so it's a little bit different, and it's with a different partner, so it's structured a little bit differently. How's it structured? It's the same. It's still 50-50, but with the way that the, my out-of-state people, they have corporate costs on the money, basically. It's like a certain little percentage out of every month, basically. So that's another reason why the holding costs are so much. You got to figure out how much your money is going to cost you per month. What's the mistake that you haven't mentioned that you've made on a transaction? Man, there are so many. That's pretty terrible to say. But well, you've already mentioned some. You've already mentioned some really good lessons. Yeah, yeah. I've learned from every single one of them. The biggest mistake. Really, it's just assuming something without verifying. That is the biggest mistake that I've ever done. It's just assuming that something is going to cost this. Whenever I haven't really verified it, I've just kind of got an idea, basically. And those little bitty things, they add up so much at the end of a project. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I love mentoring people, and especially kids that are my age and younger than me. They ride around with me because they're interested in some of the deals that I'm doing. Some people are interested in wholesaling, and so I, I talk to them about how to actually generate off-market leads with yellow letters and stuff like that and the success that I've had through that. That's kind of how I like to give back is developing people that are younger than me. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? YouTube, Armstrong's Real Life. That's our daily vlog. We video everything mostly to remember us and our families. I've also got I'm starting to incorporate my business into that. Um, and Instagram, really, I post all the videos of my business and pictures, stuff like that. I'm hitting it really heavy with social media marketing right now. Nick, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how resourceful you were getting going. And I mean, you still are, but that's just the foundation of everything where you were driving around, finding houses that had sale signs, and then talking to them, seeing if they'll do seller finance, posting those. Eventually, that led to an opportunity where you had a good deal. You found a joint venture partner. Thank you, Bigger Pockets. And you were able to get the first deal done. Lessons learned, holding costs, that's a big one. And just overall, maybe competitive pricing in certain sub-markets, as well as the contractor stuff. But overall, holy cow, congratulations. You're now leaving your Chick-fil-A job, and you're going to be doing this full-time. Really, uh, props to you, my friend. Really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day. Thank you. you All right, man. Thank you. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.